Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, it was a syrupy scene as Big Maple and the Red Raiders poured it on Oklahoma and picked up another Big 12 road win. We're into it next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen once again on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Chris, back in the 806 and back with another win just getting greedy now second consecutive on the road as you take one from norman oklahoma and really maybe one of the more complete games that we had seen for the red raiders as a team chris was not without some misadventure but (laughs) dare i say dare i say that it was even comfortable at different points in time as texas tech exerted their will and picked up another win in the big 12. That that is a wonderful usage of the term misadventure uh, because uh, yeah I uh, th- this was the second half was was fun to watch easy on the eyes uh, I, I thought especially at the tail end as you kind of pulled away and it was you know back and forth the the, the first half of this game you know last night was was just bizarre in that. I, I thought uh, it, it equaled a close game, but how you got to that point was was really the craziest thing I'd ever seen because you're, you're shooting at one point 80% from the field, which is, <laughs> I don't know, that's pretty good. Um, pretty good. Yeah. The, 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 the opposition is shooting in the, in the mid-30s, okay? <laughs> and yet you, you're either trailing or, or you have a, like a one or two point lead in, in most of this time. Uh, because basically it was either if you if you went down on your end of the floor and, and the ball went up via a shot, it was 80% of the time it was going in. Uh, or, or or you would just give it to them and then they would they would run the other way and, and your your turnovers were just mind-boggling. You had six turnovers in the first four minutes of this game, and I thought, uh-oh. I mean, I've seen it happen in this building before. Yeah. It's maybe is it not your not your night. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, 13 turnovers in the first half, and that was uh, that was the biggest reason why it was such a close game at the, at the half. But yeah, that's that was mis- some misadventuring for sure, <laughs> for sure. And I didn't know that. Would you say six in the first four minutes? Yeah, six in the first four minutes. I mean, to think that you wound up with only 17 at the end of the game, it's kind of amazing. 13 at the half, as you mentioned. Again, you wind up with 17. I'm sorry, 16 for the game. So kind of amazing that you were able to 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 stem that tide. And I was thinking the same thing, like, oh, wait, I've seen this version of the Red Raiders before <laughs> early in the year when it was just turnover, turnover, turnover. I hadn't quite seen the 80% shooting clip. That was yeah. a new addition. If you're gonna, What did I say earlier in the year? Hey, if you're going to turn it over 25 times a game, just make sure that the other team has turned it over 30 times a game, I guess. You just really need to up it. If you're going to turn it over 25, shoot 85% for the game. That's the only combatant to it. So Texas Tech really had quite a different 
final 20 minutes, Chris, as you did clean it up in the turnover column and you really just got some nice efforts offensively, specifically from Jalen Tyson, who kept it rolling with 13 in the second half uh, overall for the game. He continued to be a guy that looked like a primary scoring option as he led the Red Raiders, and I believe led all scores. I'm sorry, didn't lead the Red Raiders. AMAC led the Raiders with 19. Tyson had 18. Um, but it really just looked like, once again, man, Tyson in a zone, I guess is what I would call it here. The bucket uh, maybe kind of looking big for him. Yeah, you know, and he didn't he didn't start off particularly well because of a lot of those turnovers early on in the game were, were attributed to him. Uh, just and the way Oklahoma plays defense, they just they they almost just say we don't we're not worried about rebounding. We're all five going to run back. If we miss a shot, it's your ball. But you're gonna you're gonna execute. And I think you got guys like Davion and, and Jalen that were trying to drive through a couple of different people. And there's a lot of gap help, and it, it's it's very frustrating style to go against. But I thought Jalen certainly figured it out as the game went along and, and the team figured it out that their spacing was better. And I thought, you know, it, it's what's, what's impressive is as much as the, cause he gets a couple of uh, dunks at the end that kind of inflates his stat line True. or whatever, but, but he had a couple of assists I thought, and it's a putbacks that I thought were extremely impressive. And at the time, you know, you, you desperately needed him when this game was kind of hanging in the balance, but yeah, I mean, again, consistency is the toughest thing uh, for for kids, and he's. This is a twenty-seven point and an eighteen point game back to back on the road. You, we can do the math. You're, you're averaging twenty plus in, in Big Twelve play in your last couple, but that that's impressive, especially when when your season's on the line. Yeah, and continued to crash the glass. Had eight boards to go along with it. Did have four turnovers on the day, but three of those in the first half. So he much like the team able to figure out a way to uh, tidy that up. I want to save Fardaw's AMAC conversation uh, for just a moment, Chris, because you touched on yesterday why he would be key and seemed like we really saw that come to fruition. So we'll get to AMAC in just a second. But uh, we saw a starting lineup that consisted of, consisted of Kevin O'Vanner, Pop Isaacs, Fardaw's AMAC, AMAC, Jalen Tyson, and Davion Harmon, which I think, Chris – is what most would project if you just said, hey, we're not playing any, you know, pulling any tricks or whatever with trying to keep a guy as a reserve to come off the bench that would normally be in the starting lineup. I think this would just be a starting lineup that a Tech fan would say, yeah, these are your five dudes, and these are the five dudes that need to get you wherever you're going to go, right? Yes. Uh, you know, I uh, I wasn't sure until really minutes before the game that Pop would actually be the, the starter. I thought they may go with Kerwin Walton so we could, you know, yeah. you could push that uh, that bench button uh, again with, with Pop coming off the bench. But, um, you know, that that's obviously, you know, what, what they're they're going back to is that that this is going to be the starting five, I would guess, uh, go, going forward. Um, and, and, and it, I think it limits what you do have coming off of the bench as far as, you know, ex, ex, you know, explosiveness and scoring and some things like that. But, um, but yeah, the, the, these will, this is kind of what I think that it's going to look like. And, you know, and pop, he, uh, you know, he, 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 there, there's a, there's a few moments last night where he kind of got frustrated. He also just pulls up, uh, with, with almost no time or space and, and yanks a three and, and buries him. I mean, he's just like, he's really good at that. And like, yeah. it's been, it's getting harder for him because teams know, look, I mean, he, he has the ball. That's what he's looking to do. Uh, and, and it's, it, it's harder for him to create 
those. So he's using the shot fake to get it done. But I, I just uh, there there was one point in that game where he threw a, a nearly a half court pass uh, and, and it equaled an assist and a dunk. And it was either to to O'Banner or Jalen Tyson. I can't remember. Uh, but those are the plays that are, those are the IQ plays. You know, winning basketball looks like right there. Yeah, no doubt. And you could see they were commenting on the uh, television broadcast uh, just how far out Oklahoma felt like they needed to defend Pop <laughs> Isaacs. That's nice to see. If you're waiting for the timeline pickup, it may already be too late. I don't know, but that was uh, really interesting to see. And you know what it does for your offense elsewhere, which is what they were pointing out on the broadcast, Chris. I mean, Isaacs may not uh, take a shot. He may not even touch the ball on a certain possession, but You've got an Oklahoma defender that is forced to be out there with him and creating some space uh, because of that within the interior, a very good thing for Texas Tech. All right, now let's move forward to uh, the aforementioned Fardaw Zamek. Big Maple was mapling once again. Had a bizarre game uh, last time out as we saw him with the double-double, but was, what, two for 11, I think, shooting 10 for 10 at the free throw line. So it was an atypical double-double, especially for a big man, but uh amac goes off for another double double again chris 19 and 10 he was nine for 15 from the field you talked about on yesterday's show uh why because of this matchup amac would be key seemed like he was a key what did you see working for fardaz amac but first today's episode brought to you by america's number one sports book FanDuel. and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no sweat First bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers, whatever you got. If basketball is your thing, college hoops on and popping, midway point of the NBA season now in the rear view. And we're looking ahead to March Madness just around the corner. So get in with FanDuel today, download it right now, and get hooked up as a new customer with the No Sweat First Bet, up to $1,000. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with that good old same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your No Sweat First Bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash Locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You talked about on yesterday's show uh, why, because of this matchup, AMAC would be key. Seemed like he was a key. What did you see working for Fardaz AMAC? Big Maple was pouring syrup all over the uh, Lloyd Noble Center. <laughs> ah, uh, mix it time. up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and, and here's the thing: uh, his stat line is is bizarre in that it's kind of opposite from Saturday. Although it still equals, uh, you know, a double double and and, and a, a huge part of the game. But you know, in this one, he's nine of fifteen from the floor, and he's zero for one from the free throw line. He missed the front end of a one and one. Right. Uh, but I, I just, you know, my, my comment to you, and I thought we, I thought we watched it play out uh, a bit in that. My comment was that Oklahoma, you know, I, I was talking to you about the, the rebounding aspect. L- literally, when Oklahoma would shoot the ball, th- they're going to live and die by the, whether it goes in or not. They're not going to try to crash the glass and all that. They get all five guys back. And so when you bring the ball up the floor, you're staring at five Oklahoma jerseys 
looking right back at you. Their defense is set. You're going to have to run your stuff, okay? And I think Fardaw is in that kind of setting. That's where he can really excel. Uh, you know, you worry about him when it gets really fast and then a track meet, and he's got to keep up with the pace and all those things, but that's not what this was. West Virginia wasn't either, which is why he uh, excelled. Uh, but uh, I, I thought he just increases your margin for error because he he's going to rebound for you. I, I thought, you know, he, he kind of shows three a lot of times when he has the ball in the perimeter. Uh, and then he he banged one in last yeah. night, and that's that that was what I I, I was the, maybe one of the biggest shots in the game, uh, whenever he he drained that one in the second half. But his off of the pick and roll in the half court scenarios, when you're playing a two man game off to one side before the other, now there, there was a couple of opportunities there where he ends up hanging from the rim just because he's just really difficult to guard. Uh, he's a large human, and I thought. You know, old Tanner Groves, you know, tried. I thought he was allowed – Tanner Groves was allowed to get away with a few things and trying to just defend the post up. But that's a lot to ask, uh, you know, kind of an undersized post player in Tanner Groves to try to match up one-on-one in a half-court setting. But as we've seen, it doesn't – it's kind of an old man game. It's like the YMCA, you know, kind of like post moves and everything. Uh, but you know he can score around the basket, and if you just get it to him, and I and I I, I keep going to this, but you know in basketball they call it sharing the sugar. But whenever whenever you know Fardaw is when he's a facilitator, and it's like okay, I don't have anything here, but let me find one of my guys, and like the the, the pass that he has when you dump it into him, and then he throws it to a banner who ends up dunking along the baseline was just beautiful. I mean, well, absolutely it- beautiful. Did Amac just find him, or was that the drawn-up play? Because it was a thing of beauty. I thought it was all drawn up, and that's how it's supposed to work. I really didn't know, and either way, it didn't take anything away from it. But that was that was a thing of basketball beauty, whatever it was. Yeah, I I, th- I think that that was the play call. I think there's a, there's a, a few different ways to look at that. I think a lot of times in basketball, and, and again in against half court scenarios, anytime you drive baseline, you teach your teams. You know, you cut from the top. So if, if you get cut off from the baseline, you got somebody diving down and dump it to them. Well, in this case, when you dump it to the high post, you want to make sure you've got somebody in the corner that either is is spotted up or is cutting down the lane. And I think, you know, he took that drop step and then just found yeah. uh, Kevin O'Banner. So it was kind of up to O'Banner to make the right read. If his defender is hugging up on him, then go, go, go cut yeah. to the basket, which is what he did. And that was kind of exclamation point uh, yeah. right there. That's where – yeah, it was, it was it was a beautiful thing to watch. Big time possession right there. Man, a, a sight for sore eyes to see the offensive night that you really had. I know it wasn't just perfect or spectacularly pretty uh, in the first half as far as the turnovers that were factored in. But Chris, you finish a game uh, making five of your last five. You shot sixty two percent for the night from the field, fifty eight percent from beyond the arc. I don't know who these guys are, but uh, they're wearing tech jerseys now. <laughs> I'm glad to have them in red and black. I mean, it really, I just, I keep thinking about the conversation we had last week where it's like, all right, well, how do you predict what this team can or can't do when you don't even know this team? Because it's a new group, essentially, at least in the ways that they're being used together. You got some guys healthy back in the mix. AMAC looks like he's feeling good. I, you talked about uh, being closer and closer to, um, you know, 100% status or as good as he could feel. And 
he doesn't look like he is uh he's working well, with any lingering issue to me at least and uh, I will tell you uh Casey uh I I, I knew this obviously we, we didn't didn't really say anything, and it didn't look like it was even going to be that big a deal. And I only bring this up because Mark Adams did uh, with me after the game last night. So you play this game on a on a Tuesday night uh, at eight o'clock in in Norman, and <clears throat> I would tell you that the the practice on Monday morning in Lubbock for Texas Tech before they would get on the plane, there was a collision between, according to Mark Adams. Uh, Robert Jennings and and Fardos. Uh, and I thought that it shook everybody up. And in fact, when it happens, because I think Fardos kind of f- rolls over or flips over Robert Jennings, you know, who got there was like a shot fake. And I think Fardos kind of went for it. And I think mm-hmm. he ends up going up in the air and then a, a big giant tumble. But according to Mark <laughs> Adams, he's like, wasn't even for sure that he was going to play. Wow. And so, yeah, again, after the game and he had 19 and 10, I think it was more of a, a compliment. But I'd heard about the collision in practice and I think it banged up Robert Jennings a bit too. Those are two large humans. Yes. Uh, but but you, you, you got a bit lucky there, as unlucky as you have been. Can you imagine if you go into that game and it's like, oh, Fardal's got hurt in practice because we'd all been thinking, going, you're just snake bit. You can't yeah. – you finally get in a rhythm. You finally get your guys healthy, and then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out on you. But anyway, that that that's just a – fortunately, wow. that's just a side note because he was – he's healthy and rolling now. Uh, yeah, and you've got not a long rest, but you got a few days here uh, in between uh, your game with Oklahoma and Texas Christian coming to your house. So hopefully you can use that to your advantage. Before we move on to some other odds and ends, I want to talk about some of the reserves and a couple more things uh, from the ball game before we leave you. Uh, before we leave AMAC, Chris, I just I'm curious within the spectrum of Texas Tech big men in recent history. You go I, back a decade, whatever term you want to go through we've had some really good ones some really unique ones we've had guys you know come through that do things others just simply can't because of their physicality if you're talking about like a Zach Smith or a Tariq Owens obviously I don't remember the last time though you had a big man with this type of ability to find his teammates and I don't want to call him a distributor by any means but you know what I'm saying I've been making a joke about it <laughs> being the new West Texas Arvidas Sabonis just killing them from the top of the key. I, can you take me back to a big man that you felt like had that kind of skill set? Because I'm having a hard time, I guess, just coming up with one here in some recent history. Can you take me back to a big man that you felt like had that kind of skill set? Because I'm having a hard time, I guess, just coming up with one here in some recent history. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, in the last two years, you've and I don't remember how how well Bryson, like from an assist standpoint, I, I thought, and and he was, you know, because so many of your your bigs are playing the five spot that aren't like your, I don't know, traditional uh, right. back to the basket post up center, and and in some ways, Fardos isn't necessarily that either, although he's the closest thing to it that we've seen. But you go back, Tony Batie and Andy Ellis and mm-hmm. some of the 6-11. But that, that's what – that's kind of – the package just looks different because he is slants more towards the back-to-the-basket post player. But I think the right word to use is very skilled mm-hmm. uh, because he can handle it. He can shoot it. I don't think you want him majoring and in, in, in stretching out like Bryson would when he – you know, and just, just shooting multiple threes in games. 
I don't know if that, but I mean, he, he'll keep you honest. Uh, but I just think his work around the glass and yeah, he sees the court. Uh, I, I think, and that, that is something that, and he's wanting to share it. And what teams are starting to do is as soon as he gets it, depending on where he gets it, they send, they send an extra defender his way, trying to force him into a bad decision. And, uh, I think he's starting to figure it out and that those bad decisions aren't happening near as much. And so, you know, that's why I say, man, in a half-court game, it's like he's a – he can kind of play point guard a bit from the post, which it's tricky to guard that way because if, if you can – because you're taught in basketball, don't let him catch it, you know, like where he wants to, on the block or on the elbow, whatever. Because once he's got it, if he's bigger than you – Okay, now he can kind of start to, to, to do things. You can run your stuff, whether it's cuts behind you or a dribble handoff or whatever. But uh, it's hard to, you know, for a guy not to let him catch it when he's that big. Uh, yeah. And, I, you know, he's going against, I mean, Jimmy Bell Jr. for West Virginia is an enormous individual. And Fardos is the same size. And Oklahoma just simply doesn't have anything uh, that can compare from a size standpoint. Tanner Groves is as close as you're going to get. Uh, and Eddie Lampkin, big old Eddie Lampkin for TCU will be a fascinating matchup because he's got a lot of uh, juice and he's got a personality going with him. So far, I, was, I, I, I knew I felt pretty good when Tanner Groves uh, tries to shake uh, Fardos Amax hand at the jump ball and Fardos just wasn't really interested in it. He just kind of kept the he, he was he was locked in like <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm showing no emotion here. And Tanner Groves seems like a really good kid. Kind of the lumberjack kid that transferred from Eastwood. He's just trying to, but he's like, I can see Tanner goes going, okay, all right, I guess that's how it's going to be tonight. And that's how it was, <laughs> uh, 19 and 10. Uh, but, but I, I just, th- that's this a good is, word, skilled, man. That's a good word. Yeah. And, and I, but this is the player to me. Some of the other pieces have kind of started to play better and all that. To me, though, this is the ingredient that got dropped in your lap that has changed your outlook and your dynamic completely. And, and, and I, I keep being told that I, we know it, we've talked about it, but I keep being told that when you walk into the other building or you, you, you talk to the folks from the other program going, you know, that they haven't seen him because he's only played what that was his seventh game. I think you mentioned. So, and, and two of those were against Kansas state, uh, two of those are against Texas so he hasn't seen a lot of the league. So this is his first go round. So I just think uh, a lot of people are going, "Oh goodness, this guy's a he's a he's a problem," and I I don't disagree. And I thought, if I'm not mistaken, and confusing this with the West Virginia game, I thought he kissed another one off the glass last night in Norman. I think just for you, just for you. Ever since you talked about that chest pass that he knocked down into a shot, he just <laughs> hey, I keep touching that. The dude is skilled, and the touch is amazing. Free throw line, keep him honest at the three-point line, like you mentioned, and his ability to find some teammates moving without the ball. Uh, I mean, it's fun enough to watch it make Bob Knight giggle, a man that's probably never giggled in his life. Uh, Chris, before we get out of here, let's get to some of what was going on beyond the starting lineup because it can be a very short conversation. There wasn't a whole lot going on beyond the starting lineup. Lamar Washington, Elijah Fisher, the only guys – off the bench that scored. Fisher had four. Washington had three. And while I mentioned Fisher, uh, the bench conversation is not very rosy uh, from Norman, Oklahoma, Chris, but Fisher's minutes to me have been impactful. I I feel like when he's been on the floor, he's noticeable. And he was that way again, I I thought, in Norman. Four points only, but four rebounds. He knocked down a couple of free throws. I I I just feel like he's starting to fit in 
uh, much more than he did earlier in the year when he kind of looked like one of those, you know, giraffe, maybe giraffes learning how to walk or whatever. I, I don't know what's clicking for Fisher, and I'm not saying he's blowing you away or anything, but here recently I, I've, I've liked the minutes you've gotten from him, I think. I think you nailed it, man. I think when he's on the, the floor uh, more often than not, I think his minutes are are positive ones. I think four points, four boards last night. He even misses kind of a, a close layup last night. Could have actually had yeah. uh, six points. Uh, but, he, yeah, he just and, – and, and I think he got to the basket one time and knifed through some OU defenders. And I'm thinking, okay, because th- that's where he usually gets himself in trouble, trying to do a bit too much on the offensive end. But – no, I, I think, and I think he's a plus on the on the on the defensive end as well. But I mean, to me, I think he's earned the right to play more than guy. And, and they're a bit a bit of a different position, but to me, he he's earned the right to play more than than some of the older guys on this team, like your your, your North Carolina transfer and your Gardner Webb transfer and Demorion Williams uh, and, and Kerwin Walton. So uh, I think I just think he, and again, he's he's being asked to play maybe some more four or five spot than he is the. Some of those wing spots or guard spots. So, I mean, that's not necessarily fair, but I think you get what I'm saying. And that you're just looking for pieces off the bench that are productive. And I think, you know, if, if, if he can continue to do that uh, in limited minutes and be that, po- have that much of a positive impact on the game, man, and give him some more. Uh, but, man. and he's just a pup. That's the I thing. Know. I mean, and, and I, I, I will tell you this I, I think he's been frustrated by not getting to play as much. I think. Uh, you know, and, and Mark last night, I mean, he plays, he he's continues to play all 11 guys uh, that, that are available because Bacho is the only other one. And then Kyron Lindsay is, is uh, obviously ineligible as he sits out via the transfer. But um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, 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 you could just tell sometimes the merry-go-round with the minute, you know, with all that, that's just part of it. Trying to keep all these mouths fed, trying to keep your team winning, trying to keep, you know, all that. But it's Elijah Fisher, man. It's all in front of him. And really kudos to Washington and Fisher because not yep. a lot of points contributed, but big points. I think, uh, let's see, they're five for six combined from the free throw line from those two bench guys. So obviously uh, you needed all of that to walk away with an 11-point win for Texas Tech. Chris, as we uh, obviously roll through the week, we'll begin to look ahead this weekend to Texas Christian coming to your house. Should be a wild, woolly, and western affair from United Supermarkets Arena. A little day game action uh, coming up on Saturday. And I'm really just wondering if you're noticing, like with with Tech, is it starting to become a little bit different? Uh, I don't want to say personality or identity, but there's got to be a different vibe because you've, you've gone through this like uh, – you know, out of your cocoon into a butterfly stage. You know, you're, <laughs> you like pull yeah. off a crazy win. You're like, wow, we could be good sometimes. And then you pull off another one. And you're like, wait, are we going to get people to actually notice us from a tournament perspective? You do it again on the road. Okay, they are noticing us. Then you do it again on the road. And that has to kind of change, I guess, the vibe or whatever way you want to describe it, Chris, because it's not like, hey, let's just do something people don't expect and you know, we'll just see if we can make some noise. Well, the noise has been made, and now there is an expectation of some kind. I hate to even say, like, there's some pressure because, you know, you're barely above 500 as a team. We all know what this season has been. But speaking just personally as a Tech fan, I've, like, got an expectation now that you're going to come back home and be expected to get a win against Texas Christian. And that, that's got to kind of change the, the context of the locker room or maybe the way the guys are feeling from day to day. 
maybe I'm just speaking as a fan and they're just even killed all the way through. What are you noticing as far as the way that these circumstances are kind of changing? I mean, from game to game. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think you make a great point in that. I, I think what you're seeing now is some confidence. Okay, I think they're 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 now not doing the whole okay here we go again thing. It's now <laughs> it's like you, you're you you your chest is puffed out a bit. You're starting to feel good about yourself. Shots are falling. You're playing better. Uh, winning is fun, especially when you start to do it uh, in a row. But I, th- I think what's interesting. The, 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 these kinds of stories and Texas Tech, so I'm clear, they're not there yet. They, they yeah. just aren't. There, there's there's more to do. However, there are teams uh, because I think you've begun this journey here, and you could, in fact, you know, f- fit the mold for what I'm about to describe here. But there are teams every year that have this kind of season where they are really good, and then they just kind of get to the end uh, because they know they're already in the tournament. They didn't win a conference championship. Uh, they're, they're not like playing for seating and like just balls to the wall and all these things. Right. And, and they just get in the tournament and then they fizzle once they're there. And then you have these teams that, you know, muddle around and then get hot toward the late end of the year. And they, they, because they have no choice and there's this sense of urgency where they've kind of been in the tournament since mid to early February with not much margin for error and is Texas Tech going to end up being one of those teams? Again, not there yet. But those are the teams that are a pain in the ass to deal with when you get to, because they they've been in this spice uh, being blended up here for you know multiple <laughs> weeks with, with without much choice. Like our playoffs yeah. started weeks ago. You see it happen in pro sports all the time. That's true. Yeah. It's like the team that rolls through the regular season, gets the the buy in the playoffs, and everybody's great and all that. And then you get the team that scratched and clawed and had no margin for error that was in the wild card or whatever. And then and then they're they're the hot team and they just ride it to a championship or, or something like that. Yeah. So uh because I you can definitely tell that there is a sense of urgency around this team. And I think sometimes they show it, sometimes they don't, but they know and they're being told flat out, uh, look, we, we we can't, you know, we can't be screwing around with some of these opportunities here. Uh, and, and again, nobody has told them you have to win out, uh, you know, or anything like that. But they they know that they can't afford too many more, you know, hits before, uh, you know, they 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 you know go, you know. I, and I tell you what they've done, Cowan, is they've they've actually played themselves into a scenario here at sixteen and twelve, to where I think that guarantees you you won't be, you know, have a below 500 overall record for the season, which if we, we did, you know, mention that a month ago, you're thinking, well, that's a pretty good possibility. You're 0-8 in the league and you got yes, all this still st- – yeah, I mean, you're looking at it, you're like, we're, we're about to be 10-20. and 20. Right. Uh, but, but I think at worst right now, they could be 16-16, and 16, so they would at least be 500, and that's if they lost the next four games, which I don't think that they will. So, But you're playing your way into where there's going to be some sort of postseason possible. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the tournament we want or, or the tournament that not everybody gets excited about. Again, what they'll do, I don't know. We could <laughs> talk about that later on in the week. But that's that's what I see. I see confidence, but also see it mixed with a, a serious sense of urgency. And they they know it. They're, they're watching all this stuff. They know what they've got to try to get done and, and that there's still plenty of work to try to do. Handling success, handling of handling failure always a challenge of its own variety in and of itself 
much less when you're experiencing these expectation kind of swings or trends within like 48 hours or two weeks. It's like, yeah. oh, well, now we're a team that it's not just fun to knock somebody off. No, you're actually trying to put together a tournament resume. It's just wild. And that has to present um, another additional and different kind of hurdle for the team to get over as they transition into, okay, well, now we've got some expectation. And I thought last night in Norman, I mean, very easily could have been a night where it's like, uh, and six turnovers in the first four minutes are, uh, okay, well, the you know the heat is starting to cool off a little bit, but they didn't let that happen. And down the stretch, wound up with one of their, their uh, most comfortable wins of the season, as a matter of fact. So can't wait to get back to the USA uh, with well, all the and, Rowdy and, Red Raiders frothing at the mouth this week. And, Cowan, you remember last year in Norman, uh, you took a really good – we all know how good your team was last year, and you got worked – and Norman Emoji Gibson went for, I think, 30 points uh, in that game. I mean, it was uh, – and then if you remember in Kansas City in the Big 12 semifinal, you barely squeaked that one out, and I think you had like a 10-minute scoring drought. I mean, Oklahoma was just kind of this pain to play against. You know, not great uh, on paper, not the best resume, but even though they just housed the Alabama by 20. But I, I've just seen uh, that movie uh, end a much different way many, many times in Lloyd Noble Center. But uh, if that was the last time there for Texas Tech, boy, you, you left there with an 11-point win and, uh, you know, salute and move on. And just a 20-point loss on the basketball floor these days doesn't sound too bad to an Alabama <laughs> basketball fan. So best of luck in Tuscaloosa sorting that out. Yeah. Chris? Thanks for the time today, my man. Can't wait to get back to the LBK and United Supermarkets Arena being the scene as the Red Raiders took care of business on the road. So got a chance to have a party coming up this weekend now with the Horn Frogs. Uh, we got plenty more this week on that matchup coming up. Be back with you again on the other side, Chris. Thanks for the time again. Hope. Alive and well, baby. Alive, alive and well. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. We'll talk uh, to you later this week. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us today on Locked On Texas Tech, making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you make Locked On College Basketball your second listen at your one-stop college hoop shop on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. See you then. For Chris, I'm Casey. It's Locked On Texas Tech.